Hi guys, my name's Jason Mountford and this is The Hedge. And on this podcast, we talk about growing wealth and living authentically. We do talk about investments, we talk about personal finance, we talk about being better with money, but we also talk about making sure that you're doing that in a way that allows you to live the life you want to live, to live authentically, to do what you want to do, to be happy and fulfilled. And the guest I've got on the podcast today is somebody who embodies both sides of those coin, uh, of that coin, really. Her name is Sarah Tucker. She's also known as the Mortgage Mum. Sarah runs a successful mortgage broking business. She's got, I think it was 30 brokers that work with her now. But you may have heard the name before. The name may ring a bell in your mind because Sarah kind of came to national attention in 2019 on that year's season of The Voice. She did incredibly well on the show. She had all four judges turn for her in the blind auditions. She did really well in the, in the, in the battle round. And really, it was looking like Sarah was going to become the UK's next, next pop star. Off the back of that, she started the business, she started the Mortgage Mum, and it's gone from strength to strength. And on the show today, we talk about mortgages, we talk about um, some of the kind of key areas around interest rates and around what to what to keep an eye on when you're potentially looking at refinancing or, or buying your first house or just moving. Sarah gives us some really good insights towards the end of the episode about the, as I say, or uh, the, the, the phrase I always tend to use, the nuts and bolts of mortgages, of debt. But she also talks us through her her story on how she how she got on the voice, the process of going through that, and it's really really interesting to listen to. Um, and in particular, I was fascinated by the fact that she auditioned for these shows. She auditioned for um, shows like The Voice and X Factor for 17 years before getting to where she got to. So some really good lessons there around consistency. And persistence and and continuing to, to go towards your objectives and your goals so look this is a, a really good episode um, Sarah is a, a, ve- a lovely warm person she's um, got so much enthusiasm and positivity which really comes through comes through the interview so I hope you really enjoy this one and I would really be keen to hear your thoughts on it if you have questions if you would like to get in touch with me about anything you hear in this episode then you can find all the contact information for me at the hedge.io. Sarah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. So I have been following you on social media for a while, as I'm sure a lot of my listeners have been too. But, you know, to start with, why don't you give us a a bit of an overview of The Mortgage Mum, your business, and kind of what it is that you help people with? Sure. Um, So The Mortgage Mum is a mortgage broking firm with a bit of a difference. Um, first of all, as the name suggests, it's made up of a lot of mums. We're not all mums, but there's lots of women um, who are brokers. So it's the aim of our business. The mission is twofold. One, to give clients an amazing service from start to finish um, that involves things that I didn't experience myself in the mortgage world. So empathy and understanding and um, a little bit of of a mother's touch really um, when it comes to a mortgage because it's not just about the numbers and people's understanding of it is is quite limited um, in some areas. So we want to give our clients a Disney style service when it comes to mortgages, which you wouldn't normally put the two together, but that's kind of the mission. Um, but my personal mission for building the business and not just having myself do it was to bring more women into the financial services industry because it's very male dominated still. And it's a great 
career for a woman and women are brilliant, brilliant brokers. So, um, yeah, we've, we're also growing a team of women as well as servicing our clients for mortgages. That's kind of in the nutshell what the mortgage mum is. I mean, that's a high bar, the Disney service, because, I mean, if you think about <laughs> customer service, you think of, you know, the like yeah. best of the best, aren't they? They are. We And the reason I, I quoted Disney is we had a presentation recently where we found out the secrets of the Disney leadership and the Disney brand. And it was so amazing and so inspiring. And ever since we're just like, oh, yes, that is the level. You, every interaction is another opportunity to be brilliant is, is the motto that they live by. And I think that is just such a great motto to run your business with. Mm, yeah definitely and you mentioned there the um the the mother's touch and i think it's interesting about about home loans about homes mm. it's kind of this weird this weird juxtaposition between looking at it from a financial standpoint and running the numbers and all that but at the end of the day it's not just a financial decision i talk about this a lot but as well you know should you rent should you buy those sorts of things but it's not just a financial decision is it no, it's it's very much a decision that's led by the heart mm. and actually the head comes into it after, um, which is where all the emotion comes in because it's, you know, when you have your first mortgage meeting, you haven't looked at properties, that's very different. You know, you're sitting there with the numbers and calculators and how much can I borrow? Okay, that sounds great. Very different when you walk into a property and you fall in love with it. It's That is always a heart-led decision unless you're an, unless you're an investor and obviously there are plenty of those as well, which is very much head decision. Mm -hmm. But majority of clients are leading with their heart. And once the heart's involved, things get a bit messy. You know, things are a little bit out of control. Um, we want to be cool and calm, but we can't. It's, it's emotions. And that's where I feel women are very and not all men are the same so I'm not this isn't a men versus women thing but I feel like we're naturally very good at holding people's emotions for them and with them and that can be quite an uncomfortable space for other brokers but you have to get comfortable with that because a client is stressed a lot of the time and and really wants that property and they need somebody that gets that the last thing they want to be doing is you know needing to push the mortgage through with somebody that doesn't seem to have any kind of understanding of where that stress is coming from. Mm, yeah, I mean, have to admit, I don't have a lot of experience with mortgage brokers in, in the UK, quite a bit in yeah. Australia, but um, I definitely know in Australia, it is very much, like you mentioned before, a male dominator that's about kind of numbers and, you know, getting the deals through and just kind yeah. of, it can be quite a cookie cutter environment. So uh, are you finding that your business is quite different or is am I just missing the boat on what the mortgage market is, is no. like in the UK? No, that's totally it. And I think that's what is so different. And if I'm honest, I didn't, I was never sort of, I would say I was never a natural entrepreneur, though people like my husband would disagree, but <laughs> I'm I'm not, I never set out to have a big business and, you know, what is this business idea that I can have? I just became a mortgage broker and I was a mum and I was a woman and I suddenly thought, oh gosh, there's not many of me here. You know, I'm one of the only women in the firm that I was working with and I just, I just looked around and realized okay there's not many women doing this I wonder why maybe I've made a huge mistake <laughs> and then when I started doing it and going to the school run and my children one of my my oldest was at school I just was looking around thinking gosh a lot of these women are really miserable like they're they're they can't work because they need to pick the kids up and they mm. can't find something that works within those hours or they're doing jobs they absolutely hate and they're much better than that. And yeah, I just realized how unique my position was. And I thought, 
why aren't more women doing it? Because this is an amazing career and actually that their clients love it. Clients love to feel like they're, they've got a woman looking after them and that's proactive and quick. I mean, speed is everything in this mm-hmm. job. And, um, and goes that extra mile, makes them feel good and they remember you and then they tell their friends about you and that's how I built the business. But twofold, I, I could look around and I used to think, oh, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky I get to do this and be there for the kids. Um, so when I later obviously went on The Voice, that's what drove me to think, maybe I should do something with this. Maybe there's more women out there who need me to show the way. Mm. And that's kind of where the mortgage one was built. But from a client's perspective, yeah, it's it's about getting an entirely different service, really, um, mm. and feeling like your hand is being held. And who doesn't want that, man or woman? Like, we all need a bit of, as, as grown-ups, we all need someone that's going to look after us somewhere because we've got a lot on that we have to deal with. Mm. Um, so it's just that that's kind of the ethos, really. Yeah. And that's really interesting to me. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on rather, you know, there's a lot of mortgage brokers out there. Um, But the reason I was so keen to get you on was because uh, as as we were chatting a little bit before and kind of in the intro to the show now, my whole thing is about growing wealth, but in doing it in a way that is authentic and that makes you happy because, Mm. you know, you you don't want to be a miserable millionaire. That's the last thing you want. (laughs) So I think that's what makes it really interesting is that you've created this business that appears to um, be doing really well from a financial standpoint, but also yeah. it kind of seems to encapsulate you as a person and obviously a lot of the things that your other brokers will have in common with you as well. Yeah, and I really hope I retain that as it grows because I'm not going to lie, it's, um, it's a beast. You know, mm. there's 30 women now. Wow. And um, when I set it out, it's just so naive. <laughs> like, I this is what I mean by not a natural entrepreneur. I knew it was working for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was putting myself out live on social media. I was doing videos. That was just coming from a space of, okay, most of the people that speak to me are men, but I know there's loads of women that are not doing the finances. Why? Why is that? Maybe they don't feel comfortable. Actually, yeah, I didn't feel that comfortable. And so mm-hmm. I started to think, well, actually, they're on social media when they get home from the school run. I know that because yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. So I was thinking, well, maybe at 10 o'clock I could go live and, and maybe some of these mums will tune in and maybe they'll start to feel braver to ask me some questions. Mm. And that's, so again, that came from a natural place. But yeah, going back to the point I was making, because I tend to go off on a tangent, is when I set the business up, I just thought I would just find mini me's everywhere and just give them the same tools and then the same thing would happen. Mm-hmm. They would put themselves on social media, they would grow a business, they would get clients. But um, everyone is so different, you know, not everybody is like me and that's great because they mm. have other things, but, um, I'd never even been a manager. So, so for me to have all these women that just suddenly wanted to join and to teach people how to be a broker is a very hard thing. Um, it has been a really steep learning curve and we're continuing to grow because there's just more and more women that want it and need it. And I don't want to turn, keep turning people away, but yeah, it is. Um, I really hope we retain what you said, you know, that why I did it is to give more women opportunities to actually deliver a, an exceptional service. And I just I think the bigger it gets, I could easily get carried down a path of of being a, maybe not miserable, but a very um, stressed millionaire mm. because so, so many people need and want my time. Yeah. And 
my time is so valuable with my children. That's why I did it. You know, yeah, that's, the, yeah. that's the reason I became a broker. And at times in growing the business over the last two years, I've definitely lost that myself mm-hmm. in order to give it to other people. And my mum is very quick to remind me of that. You know, remember why you did this, Sarah? Remember why you did it? Like, not for everybody else, why you wanted it. Yeah. Because I don't see you getting much balance at the minute. You know, you're, you're working more than I've ever seen you work in my life. Mm. But I do think there's a period of time you have to do that if you are sort of listening to this and thinking about setting up a business. It, unfortunately, everyone says it, don't they? It takes a couple of years, takes two or three years before things turn. And yeah. I do... I hope that I hope that's the case, but you know I do believe that you do have to put in that initial graft, and that's what we tell our brokers as well. Is they can't just join and have the life. It, it takes a year or so before you build yourself that mm. life, basically. But it's for the long term good. Yeah, I think for me, whenever I'm speaking with with anybody who's making a change like that, the key that I always stress is that you need to have an objective. You know, mm. I think if you get people who are getting into business or or pushing on in the career, whatever it might be saying they want to be rich that's that's so undefined you'll never get there you know yeah, so whereas if you can get to, if you get to a point where if you want to grow your business for a set number of reasons whether that's to be able to pay off your existing mortgage whether that's to be able to go down and only work three days a week whatever I think it's really important to define that early on so that you mm. don't fall into that trap of like you say it's like oh just a <laughs> bit more just a bit more just a bit more yeah. it's so easy we all do it naturally don't we Totally. And do you know what? That's such a good point and really interesting. And I think, unfortunately, um, a lot of us who are setting a business up, we have to really be self-aware mm. because some of it could be ego yeah, yeah, and could definitely. be, I, you know, I remember distinctly, I set this up during The Voice. So the authenticity was there before The Voice and I didn't know what was going to happen at that time. But I will definitely admit that the reason I drove it after The Voice was definitely led from a different place because mm-hmm. I was, you know, I'd, I'd had this incredible experience, like been propelled into the spotlight. I've waited a seriously long time for this moment. And then the moment happened, it was just as amazing as I thought it would be. And I did not want to be one of those people that went on a TV show, like had this incredible success, gets told by these amazing, like influential people that you're someone and that you're going to go on to do amazing things. And you're, you know, I watch it years, 16 years of watching it. And I think, oh, they can't possibly all believe that's going <laughs> to happen for them because surely they can see every year. But when you're that person, yeah, 100% you think it's going to happen because Will I Am is talking to you, <laughs> to your children saying you're not going to be in mortgages anymore Sarah you are we have got you now and I'm thinking oh my god I've changed my life like this is it and when I came off that show earlier than I wanted to I just did not feel like my ego was like big (laughs) it just was like you can't go back to mortgage broking uh, part-time yeah like what you know you have to do something with this otherwise what what even are you like you're just and no one like that's what it led me to believe Mm. and so I was miserable and really upset like really really upset about it it wasn't just a tv show to me there's a whole backstory like there's it was important and then there was nothing it was just everything to nothing Mm. and I thought I am not I'm not going back so I am driving this mortgage mum thing forward like I am 
I'm going to do that. And so, yeah, at the beginning, going back to what you were saying, I have to be really aware, and I am really aware now, obviously, as you can hear, that perhaps, you know, I had this thing in my head, we're going to have 100 mortgage mums. Why? Yeah. Why, though? Is that because you need to be big still? Like, look what I've done now. <laughs> you know, like, what is that? Or is that because you want to help 100 women? Like, mm. what? why 100? Yeah. 100 is a lot of people, a lot of stress, a lot of why. And so I, throughout the last two years of building, I have also had this real awakening in myself of just really grilling down on, like, why are you doing this there? Yeah. Like, what's it all for? You know, what are you trying to prove and who to? Mm. Um, and luckily, at the heart of the mortgage mum, there is so much integrity there. Luckily, the reason I started this, the reason I saw the potential came from the right place before mm -hmm. the voice kind yeah. of inflated the ego and then it yeah. all got so big. <laughs> um, so I think what you said there is really good advice and something I will think about myself because the Sarah who set this up, is not the Sarah I am right now, two years in the down the line. Mm. So um, it's important to keep asking yourself, I think. Because yeah. you learn so much, don't you? So like 100 mortgage months, well, now I know what that looks like. I'm like, oh, do I want that many? You know? Yeah. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with ambition. I think that's really important to have ambition. Um, yeah. And those uh, those goals will always change. I'm sure the, goal, the goals we all set for ourselves five, ten years ago are, are probably not not the, the goals no. that we have now, but I think, you know, like you say, it's about being self-aware and understanding where you're at, where you're at in that process. Yeah. Um, for people who uh, don't know you from The Voice, do you yes. want to give us a bit of a walkthrough of kind of how that did come about? And, and yeah. I mean, you, you've touched on it a little bit there, but maybe expand a little bit on how you transitioned from coming out of that, thinking you were going to be the next Beyonce or something, and then <laughs> sort of redirecting and, and going full on into into the mortgage mum yeah sure I mean um the voice was a long line of auditions since I was 17 and um actually it, it's very deep rooted because when I was 17 I really struggled at school you know I was a I would say I was a no one at school you know didn't it wasn't popular I wasn't bullied it wasn't anything as extreme as that but I was just um I had no real identity to be perfectly honest I didn't know what I was about I had a head brace I started getting panic attacks you know I just was a, a typical teenager trying to work work the world out and not really doing very well at it and um, whilst simultaneously trying to not like not show that anything was happening or that I was so confused mm -hmm. as again all teenagers do I'm sure <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden I found out I could sing and the teacher said to me you can sing and people heard me sing and they were like whoa you you can really sing and all of a sudden I had this identity and I was like oh my gosh you know I can sing wow like and at the same time pop idol came out and that was like to me as a teenager the ultimate dream like everyone's mm -hmm. clapping for you. you they come in your school the whole assemblies for you like <laughs> it was to me I was like okay my, my teenage brain was like that's what that's the answer to yeah. everything everything yeah. in my life points to that so that is the thing and from then on I auditioned every year right. never got past the the producers but re just relentlessly went back every year did nothing in between just how, to put how it many in years for 16 years 
16 years. Yeah. That's so that incredible. was age 17 and I got on The Voice. Oh, how old was I? 34. Wow. So is that right? That's math. <laughs> That's probably Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I did get one year where I met Simon Cowell. So if you look at my bucket list from my 20s, which I, I've always been a fan of goal setting, mm-hmm. I had a bucket list and it was like sit in Simon Cowell's office, meet Simon Cowell, have Simon Cowell hear me sing, sing on TV. Get You know, it was a whole chunk of... Simon Cowell because he was the thing in my era he was the epitome of success and if anyone was going to tell me the truth it was him so I was like I have to sing in front of him no one else just he has to hear me at some point Mm -hmm. and I did eventually get in front of him and thankfully he didn't abuse me and was like (laughs) you are amazing but you do not believe in yourself and that's a real hurdle you've got to get over because that makes it uncomfortable but you have it um And I thought, oh, my God, this is it. Off to boot camp I went, had the best time. Well, actually, that's a lie. It was really, really blimmin' difficult. Um, Like, we were fed in homeless shelters. It was awful. (laughs) But it was like, I was at X Factor boot camp, so I didn't really care. They could (laughs) have done what they want with us. Like, we just wanted to be there. That was when the X Factor was the biggest show. And then I was sent home in the middle of the night and he, he pulled me to one side. And again, I thought, where's the cameras at? You know, I've watched this show. I know it. And um maybe the cameras are like, maybe this is a story. No, he just pulled me to one side privately and said, don't give up because you have it. You've got the voice. You've just got to get the rest of it sort of together. So um, from that age, that really, really bruised me. But it also had this like gut feeling, just always thinking this has got to happen. I I can't not. Mm. And then um, rejection after rejection after rejection, eventually weirdly led me to mortgages because I was meant to be on Britain's Got Talent um they let me down at the last minute as those shows often do and said oh sorry we've run out of space and you know there's another dream like dashed mm. and I I remember one specific dad had my daughter I tried again I hadn't got through and I just thought oh I think you're gonna have to give up you know I think you gotta stop because this is embarrassing you know like you're putting so much energy into this set and it's making you miserable. Like, why do you even want it? But I did want it. I couldn't help it. And so on that particular day, I thought, oh, enough is enough. I'm doing something else. I'm not going to wait for this thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that was the day I Googled, how do I become a mortgage broker? So it led me to mortgages, weirdly. So they've always been aligned. And fast forward years later, I've had another baby. I've had postnatal depression. I've learned a lot more about myself again because I think any period of struggle, you learn again another mm. layer of yourself. And um, and I had something called Reiki done. I don't know if you've heard of it. I, I have, yeah. My mum and my sister are well into all that stuff. Oh, love that. Well, I had something called Reiki done and she said to me, there's something in your um, throat, like um, there's light in there, um, but there's a real block here. What What is that? And I was like, oh. Oh gosh, really? She said, I can just see Ariel. Like she's singing, but there's nothing coming out. She's like, Are you a singer? And I was like, crying. <laughs> yes, I was, but I'm not. You know, that was five years ago. I've not touched it since. And she's like, Yeah, you're supposed to sing. Like that is not supposed to stay in you. You're meant to share it. And I'm like, Oh, really? <laughs> okay. So I re- I regathered my kind of strength and applied for the voice and expert to again. And the voice, I just think it was my time. Like it was just, everything was lining up and I could feel it. I could literally, any any of you listening, these things happen in your life, right? Where you think, I this is going to go well. Like I can feel something is happening, like 
an energy. I could just feel something big was going on. Mm. And then they called me and said, we'd like you to be have a blind audition. And I thought, oh, my, is this it? Like 16 years, am I about to get on The Voice? Is that what it's going to be? And I showed my daughter, she was five, and I said to her, look at this, like, forget Simon Cow, like, they've let me down again. <laughs> forget them. Look at this show called The Voice. And she was like, what is it, mum? And they just, they're not even looking at them. And I'm like, no, they've got a button, and if they press it, they turn, and they, like, that means they think you're good and you'll go through. And she's like, whoa, are you going to do it? I'm like, I'm on it. I'm going on that show. They're going to be listening to me and pressing their button or not. She's like, how many do you want? I was like, four. I want four (laughs) turns. Do you think I can do that? And she's like, yes, I do, mummy, I do. So I said to her, there's something called the law of attraction. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you what you do, but you need to help. So I said to her, like, you've got to pretend that mummy's got four turns. Every time I sing this song, run up to me as if I'm on stage. I've just got four turns, yeah. (laughs) She's like, okay, because she's five. So she's like, yeah, you're so fun, mum. Like you're much more fun (laughs) singing in the kitchen than you are doing mortgages on the laptop. (laughs) So I just used to sing it all the time. She used to play play games with me and I used to obviously in my head be imagining this moment that I've waited for my whole life. And um, yeah, the day came of the blind audition. I mean, there's a whole story there which I won't take up your entire podcast episode (laughs) with, but I was definitely... Um, with any teenage dream your teenage stuff comes up too I think that's the reality so the day came and all of a sudden I'd gone from this really well prepared confident okay this is it I'm a mum and I'm going to show Sienna to I cannot do it Mm. like what if it all goes wrong what if I forget the lyrics oh my god I'm going to make a fool of myself what am I even doing like I can't do this I don't feel well and all of the stuff just came up and I had to really dig deep um, but I did get four turns and I um, I set my sights on Jennifer Hudson at the time because mm-hmm. she just, to me, I was like, Phew. just to meet her would be insane and yeah. crazy. Um, and she was the last to turn at the very last second. It was, you know, if I could have written out what I wanted to happen, <laughs> that would have been it. Like Sienna was there. I, I couldn't believe they turned. I couldn't believe I was looking at their faces. I could not believe she was even there, but she left it to the last second. She turned. I just, it was the moment like I've waited for forever. And it changed me completely instantly Um, because I put myself through so much to get there. And then I had this amazing thing. And it. a lot of people say like gold medal syndrome, once you get something, um, it's never as good as you think it's going to be, but mm. it bloody was. Yeah. It's, a it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. It was. I've never felt so happy. Um, but I will say what happens after is weird because mm. then you're like, now what? Hi, guys. I hope you're enjoying the episode. I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about my free weekly newsletter, also called The Hedge. Every week, I comb through all the social feeds and news websites to cut through the noise and bring you the latest news and ideas in investing, business, entrepreneurship, and personal development. As with all content from The Hedge, the aim is to help you grow your wealth in a way that allows you to be your real, authentic self. If you'd like to sign up, you can find the link as well as the links to all our other content at thehedge.io. And, and so the mortgage mum just popped in my head. Like when <clears> I met with my boss at the time, I was like, I've just got on the voice and I've got a battle now and I'm going to be on TV apparently. Like they said, I'm going to be on. He's like, of course you are. You've just got four turns. I'm like, yeah, but 
oh, you never know. They might yeah. not play me. He's like, yeah, Sarah, I think they will. <laughs> I think you're on the show. And he said, um, so what are you thinking? Are you going to do mortgages or are you going to let it go? I was like, no, I've got this idea, but um, I don't know if it's any good or whether it's possible, but I'd like to manage women online and bring more women into the mortgage industry. And he's like, right. And nobody, Zoom wasn't really like popular then. Mm-hmm. That didn't seem very safe. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Employ someone from Birmingham when I live in Essex and yeah. manage them online. <clears throat> that then was like unheard of, mm-hmm. like very, very uncompliant and scary. But he, he said, if you get on TV, if you get through the battle, you're going to be on telly three times. And I feel like it would be a good idea to use the platform, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did, and then you know the rest is history. I don't know what you asked me. <laughs> I've forgotten what I'm asked. Oh, you so, said about the voice. And either how way, did I get there? it was incredibly. <laughs> you know, I'm engrossed in the story. Either way, so it doesn't really matter what my original question was. <laughs> Sorry, I get completely lost. But I think you was asking me sort of, and what was that like to then come off? Because you can feel the high, right? I'm telling you the story. You can feel. Yeah. The journey there was long, and that's just. Honestly, that's the top layer of the journey. There's so much more that happened in between those moments. But it was just as brilliant. And the battle was, um, was, again, another amazing thing where she said my name. It was the last spot. You know, everything I I would have written out just happened. And I just thought, oh, my God, I could end up winning this. The way this is going, I was tipped. I was the second favorite to win. The papers were talking about me. I, I, I was literally, I've done it. You know, I'm 34. I don't care how long it's taken. All my journals at that time were just like, how am I being, this is so lucky. Like, how have I done this? I don't, I can't believe it. And then I did the knockouts. And again, behind the scenes, makeup artists, all of them were like, you are, I can't wait to see what you do in the final. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just so excited. And then I got called out on the stage, did my song. It all went well. I was left to last. I'm thinking, this is it. You know, they've done it again. They've lined it up nicely again for a nice story. Pulled me out, three of us standing there. Jennifer Hudson's like looking really stressed. And I thought, well, she's good. Um, like she's playing it up. Yeah. And then I looked at her and I thought, now she doesn't know mm. what she's going to do here. And Will I Am was really in the, I mean, I've not said this publicly. I don't know if I should, but <laughs> in the in between filming, he was really big in the crowd up, like, who thinks Sarah? And everyone was going mad. But I could feel it, you know, that gut feeling. And I yeah. thought, she doesn't know like mm. this isn't set and oh I just hated it because I just thought oh no please no like don't send me out now mm. and then she said the other lady's name after deliberating for ages and went oh I don't know I'm, I'm gonna go for the passion it's Maya and she fell to her knees next to me and I just thought no mm. please and that's not because I'm overconfident it's because I'd attracted everything to that point. Yeah. And I was on the train. Like, I just thought, this is happening for me. And I just, everyone was feeding me the same story backstage. And I just thought, no, this cannot, no. And I looked up, Sienna, literally. I mean, she was living the whole thing with me. She was the thing at school. You know, she's only five. Yeah. She got it. Like, she was like, yeah, my mum does the law of attraction. <laughs> she's going to win. Like, I've, I've, she's made posters. They're all around the house. My mummy's got the voice. Like, mom, And she just fell onto the floor in the audience. My dad scooped her up and I thought, oh, God, what have I done? Like, that poor 
girl has just seen me absolutely fail, which isn't true. I yeah. look back and go, that's what you tell yourself. Fail. Yeah. Yeah. But my ego, I'd failed. I was like, oh my God, I'm on telly now. Millions of people watching me. All of Leon C have got posters. They're all going to watch this and they're all going to see my name not get called. And I've got to go home now and pretend I'm fine because everything is delayed. Uh, so yeah, of course. I had three weeks of hell where I went home. They aired my battle. I won the battle. I'm being tipped to win in every newspaper going or second favourite. Mm. The whole, everywhere I went, every school run was, Sarah, oh, my, you are going to win. I, I've put £100 in you. I put £100. Oh. My dad's put 50 quid on you to win. We just know you're going to do it. Go on, do it for Lee. Do it for Lee. And I'm thinking, I'm out. <laughs> I'm already off the freaking show, guys. I'm not allowed to tell you, but please don't talk to me. Yeah. Like, my heart is broken. I don't know what I'm going to do in two weeks when you all watch it. Mm. It was horrible. It, it was would horrible, be tough. Horrible. It would be so tough. It was awful. Yeah. It was awful. And then they called me and said, I wrote in my journal, if only there was a lifeline. And they rang me and said, Sarah, we've added a twist to the show. There's a lifeline. And I thought, here we go. Oh, here we go. It's all right. We're back on track. This is going to be an even better story. Well done, universe. Yeah, I see that. That's great. So then I was on that train. They're playing me on Lorraine and all the TV adverts. So I'm thinking, oh, I see. So they shed me off and then I got it. Yeah, that's going to be great. And then I've got more chance of winning. And Sienna was totally on the same ride with me. And then, no, that's not what happened. I did not get the lifeline. I was like so many votes away or something. But I got that phone call, the dreaded phone call. And again, as soon as they called, I'd already eliminated everybody. There was three of us left. And I thought, oh, God, why have I got this horrible feeling? And they rang me and said, Sarah, I know we said to pack your bags, but I'm really sorry. You... um." You just missed it. I was like, is that it? Am I, is it over? They were like, it's over. I'm so sorry. And honestly, it was like grief. Mm. Like, it was awful. Because I I just didn't know what to do. Like, what yeah. do you do with that? Because I'm on this train of thought. I've got all this energy. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Tunnel vision. I'm going to do it. And then it was gone. It was over. Yeah. Like, it's going on TV and it's going to be off in three weeks. And mm. they're on to the next, they're already advertising the next series. So, it's over. Like, get you got to get over it. And people kept saying, don't let a TV show ruin your life. And I'm thinking, it's not a TV show. Like, I don't know what I'm meant to do next. Now, thank goodness for the mortgage mum because there it was, you know, sitting there waiting with one lady having passed her exams who was my friend. And she rang and she didn't know I was off the show then. She was like, oh, I hope you're going to do this mortgage mum thing soon because I've just passed my CMAP. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it'll be coming soon. Don't worry. And I just, I don't think until recently, I don't think I've looked up since. Mm. I had a choice. I have stayed down. And I can't honestly say that was the right thing. Obviously it is because we're in this point and I've helped loads of women. That's wonderful. And we're at a great spot. But um, I'm sure there'll come a point, you know, where I go, probably should have let myself fall. And that would have been okay and it would have been safe for you to fail. Mm. Um, But I I just trust everything's meant to be how it's meant to be. And I don't think I would have set the mortgage mum up otherwise. Mm. Um, There's no way with a two and a five-year-old I would have thought it was a good idea without the voice. And actually the mortgage mum is doing so much more good than me singing Mm. would ever do. 
certainly right now with COVID yeah. um, the last few years. And that that is what gets me up in the morning. I think you're right where you should be, sir. Like you're helping people, you're making a difference in an industry. You're going to help hundreds and thousands of clients get their dream home. That means more than what your teenager wanted when you weren't popular. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it felt great, but yeah, it's not got longevity. And I think you can you can link the two as well in a lot of ways, can't you? Because you know, I can't. I think it's like an Andy Warhol quote or something. I'm sure you've heard it before. Is like, you know, it takes decades to become an overnight success or something like that. And, you know, oh, it, I like people, that. I, I don't think that's quite right, but it's something like that. <laughs> I um, like it. And it's like people would have seen you on the show and. Anyone who goes on those shows, it looks like an overnight success. It looks yeah. like you've never heard of this person before. All of a sudden, they're in the newspapers, they're on your telly every night, and mm. it looks like it's just manifested itself out of thin air. But in the in in reality, for loads of people like you, it's like yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so impressed with that that you you keep going back to trying again, uh, yeah. you know, 16, 17 times. It is number one. It's incredible to do that, but I think when you're looking at where that where that sends you to afterwards you know i'm probably mm. not as much um not as much of a um, convert on the universe law of attraction stuff but mm-hmm. i do believe that you can take lessons from everything that you've learned and use them to make yourself as good as possible for everything that you do in the future and you know i know you you don't think of it as failure now but all of those lessons about like resilience and trying over and over again at something and all of that yeah. well it all it all helps doesn't it it's all lessons you can take into absolutely. the businesses that you do and the stuff that comes afterwards yeah absolutely I, I love that actually and I think wealth is very similar isn't it you know people are looking for that overnight success with money mm. property everything we it's big but we brought up with these shows that sell it to us you know, you can be no one, then you can win the lottery or be on X Factor and you can be someone. Yeah. Like it plays into our insecurities as human beings. And actually we need to relearn, we need to reteach people that it's small steps over long periods of time that build success. Yeah. Not, don't even aim for the overnight success. Like aim for the climb up the mountain that looks like it, but like, that's why I'm very open. Like, I don't want anyone to think. I, Yeah, my ego would love to think I'm an overnight success. I was just a normal mortgage broker. And then guess what? Look, I just rocked up on The Voice and did that. Like, that's not true. That's mm. what I wanted people to. That's what I wanted to be. I yeah. wanted to be an overnight success. I didn't even know I wasn't an overnight success, really, until you say <laughs> it like that. And you think, yeah, of course. Like, I wasn't really. Um, and the same with wealth. I think we've got to train ourselves to not want the get get rich quick or get pretty quick or whatever your thing is get slim quick take a tablet take a shake don't do the long game like the long game's where it's at mm, definitely. the long game is what we should be aiming for yeah the long game is where it's at i like that yeah. so let's i mean i could talk to you about about your background and this story for another <laughs> yeah, two hours sorry. but i'm mindful of your time <laughs> so let's let's switch gears a little bit to some more um nuts and bolts stuff about about mortgages, mortgages. right so, yeah. why you brought me on here yeah <laughs> not just not just that it's i mean like i say it's, it's so interesting um but uh, i'm mindful that your emails are probably piling up as we speak oh, bless so. you. No, it's my fault it's fine <laughs> um so you know a lot of my 
a lot of my listeners are either first-time buyers or mm. you know fairly early on, maybe have had a mortgage for a few years. We're in a pretty, I would say, quite a weird environment at the moment when it comes to the housing market and interest rates and that sort of thing. We've obviously got a very yeah. hot housing market. It's been kind of going crazy the last year or two. Um, interest rates are at you know still at historic lows. Um, mm. Could you maybe talk us through some of the maybe trends or tips or the kinds of stuff in the mortgage industry that are that are the hot topics at the moment? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the rate increase is a big one. Um, the rates are going up. We're being warned constantly, although the Bank of England at the time of recording have just kept their um, base rate the same, which is good. But um, yeah, interest rates are incredibly low and it's insane, actually. Um, some of them have been under 1%, which I've, as a broker, I've never had that. Mm. Um, and it, it's all, I mean, the housing market's been crazy the last few years with the stamp duty holiday. And then you've got all sorts of schemes. I think they're just trying to keep it going, Yeah, trying to keep it healthy. Um, we've been warned for the past year and a bit through lockdown that there's going to be a crash. It's going to be a crash in October. There wasn't. There was an inflation of people buying in October. Mm. There's going to be a crash in March. There wasn't because they extended the stamp duty holiday. It went bonkers in March. And now this is the latest thing. You know, the stamp duty holidays ended and now interest rates are so low that everybody wants to buy. I mean, properties are just selling so fast. You have to be ready to buy um, else you miss out. You have to have your property sold. Otherwise, you don't even get a look in. There's just mm. so many people buying. There's too many there's not enough houses for the people who want to move. Mm. Um, and although COVID has been disastrous for some, it's been very profitable for others. So we're seeing lots of people that want to invest and we're talking a lot about holiday lets at the moment. That yeah. seems to be a really hot topic. If you've got money to invest in property, um, people often think about vital lets. Holiday lets are incredibly lucrative in comparison um, you can buy, get as much rent in a week as you can in a month mm. on a holiday let to, compared to buy to let. Um, the UK staycation seem to be staying mm -hmm. and people are falling back in love with here. <clears throat> there's lots of hot spots, there's lots of things being built and this all couples with a real opportunity for people that buy well in um, areas that are up and coming or areas that haven't been overly bought in already. Airbnb is huge but there's all sorts of companies doing holiday lets. So that's really interesting, I think, as a topic. It's around the same deposit as a buy-to-let. Mm -hmm. And the affordability is similar. They work it out by how much you'll rent it for. Um, so if you've got investors that listen, that's just something I would just mention. In terms of first-time buyers, there's so much out there to help you guys now. There's so many schemes. There's a low deposit now. you just got to keep saving for that deposit and get the right advice. You've got to go to a broker. Don't go into your bank, and I don't. You know, I probably shouldn't say it so bluntly, but <laughs> you need somebody that can look at the whole market for you mm -hmm. um, because every lender lends a completely different amount and they it, honestly, it varies so much. So your bank might be one of those lower lenders and you might miss the trick if you've just listened to your bank. So get yourself a decent broker who doesn't charge you until they've put a mortgage through for you because you want to just get as much advice as you can and ask as many questions as you can until you get it because the knowledge is the power if you understand why you're doing what you're doing it it will be a life changer for you and you can use your mortgage throughout your life to continuously up level continuously 
reassess um, but you've got to understand what you're getting. It's a it's the biggest financial commitment you make, but it's also a, the biggest opportunity. It buys you a home and mm. potentially many more properties in the future. Um, yeah, so, I mean, those are the main things. Interest rates are low. I wouldn't get too bogged down with the rate myself. It's about your own goals and your potential borrowing it's about really educating yourself that's something we always try and do is just put out content all the time because if people know they can plan ahead and they can make really creative decisions with their mortgage um and particularly families and stuff that's the main thing is everyone wants more space because of Mm -hmm. covid yeah they want an office they want separate rooms just in case we're going to lockdown ever again um and I think that is, again, talking to people about how you can creatively use your mortgage to extend rather than move. Moving isn't the only option. Mm. Um, And that's what we're seeing more and more people think about as well. Is like, oh, I didn't even know I could do that. Like, I remember walking around Lee thinking, how do people get 60 grand, like, to extend on a house? Like, yeah, you know, what am I doing wrong here? I've got a job (laughs) in London. So is my husband. Like, but I'm never going to have 60 grand. It's going to take me 25 years <laughs> at the rate I'm saving. Mm. Um, but I obviously, once I realized what people do with their equity, they're adding to their mortgage, but they're adding value. I was like, oh, God, why don't people tell you this? Mm, <laughs> I've yeah. got my kids sharing a bedroom and <laughs> I want a bigger house and I'm sitting here miserable in it. And, you know, there's this whole solution there that I just didn't know. So I just really try and get the word out so that nobody's you know doing that and people know exactly what their options are mm. i think um it, yeah i mean I, I, it's something that i always talk about is that it's your money is a tool to live the life you want and i think sometimes mm. it's easy to get bogged down in the pounds and pence and mortgages is one thing where i often come across people who have a problem with the fact they have a mortgage and they like want to pay it down as soon as possible you know yeah. i've even had people who are you know, younger people in their 30s taking out a 10-year mortgage and it's like why are you doing that oh I don't yeah. like debt but you know I think like you say it's really important to understand why is it so important to you why do you want to pay off the house you know yeah. if it's it's not actually about the mortgage it's about other something else like it's uh, you know security oh, yeah. or you know having an unstable moved around a lot when you're a kid or whatever there's always going to be something as to why that that's so important but I think the the key is working out why you feel that way because as you said often it's not the ideas we we can come to on our own often aren't the best actual actual options for us are they no I love that I love how you dive into that questioning because it's so true like there's always some something deeper but most people just don't want to know yeah, <laughs> like they just yeah. they just deal with your surface level and they talk to your surface level yeah. back at you and you just have a whole exchange and you make a whole big decision based on the surface of you mm. and it's not till later when you like unravel or you have the opportunity like someone like yourself to or, or us uh, we give that same kind of coaching around it but not not many people do that mm. And it's only when someone starts to unravel you that you un- understand yourself because our our lives are busy. Mm. We're always doing something or absorbing something or scrolling. And it's only when someone does that, you're like, oh, yeah, that is, no, yeah, it's security. And you can then educate them. There's other ways for me to give you security mm. that doesn't mean this. 
it's just reframing things for people, isn't it? Yeah. But not a lot of people want to give people that time or energy. They're just like, oh, I can't bother to do with their stuff. I've got my own. Yeah. 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 Just I'll get your mortgage. Cool. Here you go. Turn here's the grand. fact sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Here's a rate. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's what you want to do. Done. Yeah. But we've got such an opportunity as in the positions you and I are in and others listening. We've got such an opportunity to facilitate people's dreams, as one of my podcast guests once said. And and actually just to make a real difference. Um, and we should absolutely do it. Mm. So when you have people, especially first-term buyers, I think for people who've never done it before, yeah. it, it's, it's a minefield. But also for, for other people who maybe didn't, like I say, didn't pay much attention the first time and just kind of went with it. Um, yeah. What are some of the mistakes you see people make? So, any, you know, things like changing jobs too soon before wanting to refinance or, mm. you know, what are some of the things that you think you see people and you think, mm, if you hadn't done that, it would have yeah. made things much easier. Oh, yes. This is a great question. <laughs> Buying cars on finance. Okay. They get the mortgage. They have their appointment with us. We're like, yeah, this is how much you can borrow. Go ahead. Go right move. Next time we see them, you know, obviously we don't actually do face-to-face, but they say, oh, yeah, I've got, got – how's it? How you been? How's the last time? Brilliant. Yeah, I've got, got this new car. I'm so excited. It's so nice. And monthly payments, around what I was paying or a bit less – um yeah it wasn't much more I'm like you haven't got it now yeah I have no (laughs) that changes your whole affordability you've just taken on 20 more grand of debt oh no because it's a you know it's high purchase so we just swapped it no 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 (laughs) no why didn't you talk to me first any financial decision credit cards don't go to your limit it's another one oh Christmas yeah I'm only up to my limit because you know I had to for Christmas don't because mm. it will affect your credit score. They'll think you are grabbing hold of every penny you have, even if you've got the money ready to pay it off. Yeah. Try not to go to your limit. Um, these are little things that people don't think bother the mortgage companies and they can completely change an application. Um, get really friendly with your broker so that you are on WhatsApp terms. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. So that when you're in the car dealership, you can go, I'm just going to text Sarah and just check that there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. And that's all we're here for. That's the level of service we want. Give us, be on our WhatsApp, otherwise we're not doing our job properly. <laughs> like just fire off a text. Oh, I'm getting thinking of getting a new credit card or I've just seen a pony. <laughs> you know? I'm thinking of buying it. Is that all right? No, no. Do not buy the pony till I've looked at your affordability. You know, that is the level of advice people need to get. First time buyers, yeah, just make sure you've got the break that you can ask those silly questions to. And they're not silly. Just ask away because there is so much to it. You are skewed by your heart. That beautiful heart is mm-hmm. going to skew your judgment. So you need someone that's got your back that isn't necessarily parents or you need your own source of advice um yeah so that would be my advice please don't buy a car in finance please don't max out your credit cards in between and um get yourself someone that you can ask those questions to i love that so you said you said how fast the business is growing i believe you yeah. are still growing you're, you're, yeah. you're recruiting at the moment is that right yeah, so our next, um, we recruit trainee brokers twice a year um, and we take experienced brokers whenever they come to us mm-hmm. um, because they need far less support and training initially. Um, but trainee brokers, it's a very much a hard space for them to try and find someone that's going to train them and give them the training they need. Mm. Too many people scoop you up and go, come with me, come with me, yeah, 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 we've got you, plop, into the deep end, mm-hmm. sink or swim. 
Off yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, we're here. We're here for you. You need so much more than that. It really angers me that people think that that's okay because that feeds into the customer service. It feeds into everything. So um, we recruit twice a year, five brokers each recruitment round, so 10 trainee brokers a year, which isn't much, and there's so many brokers that want it. So um, put your name down for the recruitment day. It's all on my social media. Um, and if you're experienced and listening, um, I, I'm all ears. We're always open to join it people joining our team that are experienced with we're a great space for people that you know just want somewhere very supportive to grow their career on their own terms awesome so sarah it's been really good having you on the show and having a chat today i think really interesting hearing kind of your story and how you got to to creating the mortgage mum and also some uh, real facts and figures tips and things for for listeners so i really appreciate um your time today do you want to give us a little bit of info as to where people can find you your podcast if they're looking to to get some more in-depth info from you yeah sure i've really loved our chat by the way so thank you for making it so easy for me to just freely talk it was lovely um i'm on social media on instagram um as the mortgage mum and sing mother tucker is my singing page which hasn't had a lot of singing on it recently <laughs> but will do at some point um and our website's themortgagemum.co.uk that has links to everything so you can find everything on there and i do have a podcast called the mortgage mum podcast it's a lot of mortgage content but there's also interviews and I tend to sometimes go on there and have a bit of a ramble, which if you've listened to this whole episode and you're listening to this bit now, then you know, you can see that I can talk and I have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes there'll be episodes that are completely unmortgage related as well. Just, um, yeah. So if you fancy listening, then that's on all the podcast channels as well. Amazing. Thanks so much, Sarah. And guys, if you want any of that information, any of those details, I'll link everything in the show notes. Um, I hope that's you found that useful. I definitely really enjoyed our chat and uh, look forward to speaking to you all next week. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sarah Tuck and the Mortgage Mum. Like I said at the start, I had a, a really good time having that chat with Sarah. She's such a warm and genuine person that it was a really easy conversation to have. She's got a, a real way of of uh, telling a story and explaining what she's been through. So I hope you had some, you found some value in that. I definitely did. Um, just in terms of that that drive, you can you can tell that someone like Sarah is going to be successful no matter what she does because she has that drive to just keep going towards her objectives and I think for me that was the the biggest takeaway is that you know sometimes you're not going to end up exactly where you expected to end up you know your your efforts and your consistency may not take you to the to the goal that you specifically had in mind but most of the time it will take you to somewhere successful somewhere that you're doing something that you like to do that you're earning money that you're growing your wealth that you're creating a life for yourself that is is something that you want so um really good message to be taking in towards the end of the year we got one more episode um, in 2021 before we move on to 2022 Um, I am excited about what next year is going to bring I'm going to talk a little bit more about that next week but uh, as always if you have any questions if you have investing questions money questions career questions business questions anything you would like to ask me the best way to get in touch with me is on the website which I've updated it's new it's looking fresh. It's at thehedge.io. You can still find it at jasonmountford.com. They both go to the same place. Um, and on there, I've got some 
obviously all the podcast episodes are up there. You've got all of the links to my social um, social accounts. You've got a contact form where you can get in touch with me via email. Um, but I'm also putting up blog posts as well. So there's going to be some articles there on stuff that's going on in the world of investing in personal finance. Um, and as always, if you could please rate the uh, episode rate the the show on apple on your podcast app make sure you're following it and give me a five star rating that would be really really helpful but guys have a fantastic christmas um i hope it's i hope you get everything that you want i hope we get a little bit of snow it's looking like it's a possibility here in the uk so um thank you for all your support so far this year and i look forward to speaking to you next week on the final episode for 2021